You're listening to Guys on the Sideline Podcast, where you'll hear opinions, predictions, and sports takes in every direction. If you're a diehard sports fan, this is the place to be. They've never played. They have no experience. But they have plenty to say. And now, here are the guys on the sideline. Hey, everybody. Welcome on in to Guys on the Sideline, the podcast. This this is Jeopardy. Er, uh, did anyone notice we totally ripped off the Jeopardy intro? This is episode 49. Welcome on in. Thank you for tuning in today. Today's episode will be a little bit unique in that it is our first solo pod. So what that means is for the next 20 some odd minutes, you'll be stuck with me. So this is your host, Jeff. And uh, sitting on the other side of the glass is our producer, Lando. What's up, Lando? Wearing multiple hats today. They look good. You doing all right? All right. Well, let's get, uh, let's get things started, if we can. Today on the solo podcast, you'll hear my thoughts from my recent trip to the Big D. That's right, Dallas, Texas. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about my first NHL game, the Dallas Stars versus the Arizona Coyotes. You'll also get my reaction to visiting the super impressive and oh-so-expensive AT&T Stadium. Plus, a trip to Texas is not complete without a quick trip to Torchy's. So we'll talk a little Torchy's Tacos, if that's okay. Then we'll go inside my Upper Bowl experience from last weekend's Jazz Wizards game. I've got a story for you. Never in all my years of going to a Jazz game have I almost been booted from the stadium, especially while sitting three or four rows from the very top of the arena. Good times. We'll get into that later. Plus, we're going to open up the mailbag. Lando, I'm always telling you that we're trending I'm telling you that this is a legit podcast, and today I'm going to prove it to you. And how am I going to do that? Well, we're going to open up the mailbag. Real questions from real listeners. I think you'll enjoy it. What was that? Lando says to find us on Twitter, guys on sideline. And if you find us on Twitter and ask us a question, this is your chance to get a mention on the fastest growing official jazz fan podcast in the world. That's not a mouthful, Lando. <laughs> anyway, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, if you do uh, give us a question, we will uh, answer it on a future episode. So please find us on Twitter, find us on Instagram, Guys on the Sideline, or visit our website, guysonthesideline.com. All good stuff. And we should mention that today's episode of Guys on the Sideline is sponsored by our good friend Justin, who's the founder of Porky's Restaurant. He's got a restaurant in uh, Hawaii and uh, opening up on Lehigh, Maine. Those are two um, really closely knitted communities, Hawaii and Lehigh. Uh, But anyway, go check them out. They're opening up uh, on Saturday, this Saturday, uh, March, I don't know what it is, 7th. Um, So get in there and tell them that Jeff and Lando from Guys on the Sideline sent you. Uh, Be sure to check them out this weekend and beyond. Lando, you ready to get started? All right, let's do this. Okay, Lando, joining us in studio, behind the glass, as I mentioned, in uh, what I'm calling our bunker. We're doing our best to survive the coronavirus, 
And uh, we kind of are thinking that maybe we can get some government funding because if everybody literally has to work from home and has to hunker down, what are you going to do for entertainment? Well, you're probably going to be listening to guys on the sidelines. So uh, Lando accuses me of stocking up on toilet paper and water uh, at the Costco. Um, But I normally buy that much toilet paper and water when I go to Costco. So nothing uh, abnormal about my recent trip. Guys on the sideline, public service announcement. We're going to be fine. We're going to survive the virus. So everybody stay calm. Listen to guys on the sideline. Wash your hands. Don't touch your eyes and all will be well. Okay, as I mentioned, uh, two weeks ago, had a chance to take a little uh, trip down to Dallas on the guys on the sideline dime. And uh, first, we're going to kick things off. I'll give you my reaction to the Dallas Stars game. Don't know how many of you have been to an NHL game, but uh, had a grand old time. Uh, they play some great music, some nice head-banging music. Uh, I was super impressed that everyone in the arena at American Airlines Center, not to be confused with American Airlines Arena, which is in Miami. This was the one in Dallas. But anyway, everyone in the arena was wearing a Dallas Stars jersey. Now, I'm not too crazy about the branding. Uh, I think the Dallas Cowboys branding is much better, obviously, one of the top five brands in the world. Dallas Stars, eh, not so much. So me and a colleague that went, uh, Bo, there were uh, four or five of us that went, uh, but Bo and I kind of hung out the night, and uh, we decided to go down and see how much these jerseys were. I was telling them they were super expensive. Anybody know how much a jersey is? I'm assuming it's of really any NHL team. $230 a pop. So you consider, I don't know how many were in the arena, 16000 I mean, it was a packed house. But $230 a pop? Wow. A lot of money. A lot of money. Uh, Stars won. Um, there was lots of uh, lots of entertainment on the ice, lots of entertainment up in the seats. Uh, we started in the cheap seats, but uh, anybody, Chris will vouch for this. Last year we went to the Orlando Magic game. We bought tickets at the very top, and at the very end we ended down a couple rows up. Uh, Bo and I did the same thing. We went down and... Uh, we sat very close, uh, not quite rink side, if you will, but uh, up a few rows. We had a good time. Uh, my favorite part of the night, though, is I did check tickets, and they were like 13 bucks, and uh, online. And I thought, nah, we're just going to see. How I doubt this game will sell out. So we show up. There's a couple of scalpers. We went to a team dinner first. And um, anyway, we I think we got there in the second period, maybe. So had a little uh, back and forth with a scalper. And uh, he had some really good seats, and I told him I'd give him $20, considering that, you know, he's going to have to eat his tickets if he didn't sell it. We were midway through the contest. The line of the night was, I can't let you sit that close to the ice for $20. Are you kidding me? So we, uh, we got some tickets. We started up top. We made our way down. We made it down to the ice towards the end, and we had a great time. Almost got hit by a puck, which was kind of fun. Uh, hockey, super entertaining. Great sport. Um but not as good as the NFL. So let's transition over to the next day. Had an opportunity to get inside AT&T Stadium. Not sure if any of you have been to either a game there or had an opportunity to tour the stadium. Fantastic experience. Say what you want about Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys. That is a beautiful, beautiful building. Uh, Even though it was dirt season, and what dirt season is is in Texas, uh, they tear up the field, and they put in a bunch of dirt for rodeo, motocross, monster truck, you know, all those good American sports. 
Um, so it was torn up, but we still had a great time. We still got to go in the locker rooms. We went inside the man cave, Jerry's man cave. This sits um, a, a section above his suite. Uh, here's a question for you, though. The man cave was pretty cool. There's no interruptions, right? He's able to get in there and pace. But it was pretty small. I was a little surprised. Jerry owns that stadium, and I guess maybe he's got to pay for it. He's got to pay for the air conditioning. But uh, the man cave was a little smaller than I would have imagined. What was not small was the big TV hanging above the field when the field is in place. And I tell you what, it goes from the 23-yard line to the 23-yard line. It's taller than a seven-story building. It has, I can't remember how many, 10,000 panels, I want to say. Incredible, incredible. I've done a lot of these stadium tours. What began as a quest to find the perfect hot dog has um, expanded. We go to hockey games now. We go to tour football stadiums, baseball stadiums, you name it. Uh, Not any closer to being a Dallas Cowboy fan, but I will tell you, I was super impressed. Uh, Jerry, world-class facility, well done. Uh, I'd love to get back there and to catch a game. Maybe I can come back when the Arizona Cardinals are in town or something like that. Um, I will say, though, that last year I toured uh, FedEx Field in Landover, Maryland, home of the Washington Redskins. And what I would call at one time probably a very nice stadium. You set that up side by side to AT&T Stadium and there's no comparison. FedEx Field is a dump. Uh, Dan Snyder knows it and I know they're trying to swing some deal where they can build a a new stadium uh, because you compare that to AT&T you compare that to what's the park out in New York? I can't remember out in the old Meadowlands or whatever. The new stadium, uh, I think it's MetLife maybe. And uh, anyway, these new stadiums are built to a standard like no other. I will say this though, this is kind of interesting. As I mentioned, no closer to being a Dallas Cowboy fan was a Dallas Cowboy fan for a day. But there's one team that I toured their stadium, and after the tour, I thought I could be, I could be a fan of this team. Obviously, a big Arizona Cardinal fan. But the one stadium that had me thinking I could be a a fan of that team was? What do you say, Lando? No, not the Oakland Raiders. No, not the Pittsburgh Steelers. Come on. All right, you're not going to get it. It was Soldier Field in Chicago. Chicago Bears. That was a cool, cool stadium. And I learned a ton about the history. Uh, I love the city of Chicago. I, I don't know why... Uh, toured Wrigley Field a couple years ago with my family. My wife and I had the chance to go to Soldier Field. Uh, anyway, Chicago's just a great sports town. The Bears convinced me after that. Okay, where were we at? We're, we're still in Texas, so I told you a little about uh, the Dallas Stars game, told you about my tour to AT&T Stadium, to the Dallas Cowboys uh, facility. Now i got to tell you about my trip to Torchies. Uh, has anybody had Torchies? Uh, if you had, you'll agree with me. Um, I went on this trip, this business trip, and my wife said, you can come home on one condition, and that's that you bring me torchies. We were down in Austin last fall and uh, had some yummy, yummy tacos. So I figured, why not? Uh, tried to think, how am I going to do this? I didn't want to uh, bring back any food poisoning or anything and thought, well, we've got a direct flight from DFW to Salt Lake. Um, so I, I took a little cooler with me, took some ice packs, froze them at the hotel, uh, got them through Salt Lake security, so I figured, eh, we'll freeze them and bring them back. Um, anyway, took an Uber out to uh, the airport from downtown, and uh, my kind of funny, my Uber driver was super chatty on the way out. Asked her if we could stop by Torchy. She was cool with it, 
And uh, anyway, I thought Torchy's was more fast food kind of a style. Um, no, not so much. Took 10 or 15 minutes uh, to cook uh, the tacos. And so went back out. She was less chatty the second leg of our trip, but uh, tipped her really well. So hopefully she gave me a decent rating. Uh, if not, my rating fell just because I made her wait outside Torchy's. But I got to the airport, uh, the TSA pre-line. There was nobody in line. So I was like, oh, great. They're going to go through my luggage. A guy pulled out the, the little cooler, looked through it, uh, got through unscathed, though. He, he was even willing to not touch them, which I was like, thank you. If you know my wife, she's a germaphobe. Uh, anyway, it's kind of gross, somebody else touching your food. He, he had me pull the tacos out. He inspected them, and he said, enjoy your tacos, dude. And I said, I think I will. So we got on the plane. We got them home. Uh, my wife was pleased with the, I can't remember, it was an avocado, stuffed avocado taco, something like that. Uh, which, Landon, this, this brings me to a, a question for you. Corn tortilla or flour tortilla? There's a clear winner here, and it's not corn tortilla. You like corn tortilla? No, you're with me, right? Flour tortilla. And sometimes at work when they have uh, leftovers in the break room, Cafe Rio or Costa Vida or something, I'll just go and grab a, I'll just go and grab a stack of tortillas, and I'll just eat the Cafe Rio tortillas. I know, that's probably a problem, but you're with me, Landon, though, right? Yeah, you could just eat. Yeah, totally. You could just eat those things. Totally agree. So anyway, we got Torchy's home. The trip to Dallas was great. Uh, Dallas is an interesting town, though. Uh, I don't mind going to Texas. Probably prefer Austin. Uh, maybe even prefer Houston and then Dallas. But I guess the one thing Dallas has going for it, the Bushes live up there. Last time we were in town, we toured the Bush Library, the George W. Bush Library. Had a good time there. Good old 43. Uh, Landon, you're saying move on. No more Texas. Okay, we got to talk Upper Bowl experience. So here's what happened at the Jazz game. Jazz Wizards took my son and my daughter, and I learned that my sister-in-law, my brother-in-law, and their two boys were at the game. So we thought, oh, we'll meet up with them at the Jazz game. It'd be fun. Haven't seen them in a while. So... They were sitting uh, three or four rows from the very top at Vivint Smart Home Arena. So we went up ahead of the game and I started talking to them. Uh, my kids wanted to hang out with their kids, and so we thought, I oh, will just hang out until somebody comes and needs the seats. So I'm sitting a row ahead of them, and uh, just after tip-off, somebody came and said, hey, you're, we're, uh, we're on this row. So I said, no problem. I slid down a row. So a couple minutes later, there was a father, son, and uh, they went up a couple rows ahead of me. And I was keeping an eye on them because I thought, ah, we're going to probably have to go down to our seats. Uh, anyway, they were very perplexed. Something was wrong. They kind of stuttered around, and they went down, grabbed an usher. The usher came up. I saw that this was coming, so... I grabbed my son, grabbed my daughter, said, hey, why don't you guys come down? I was in a row all by myself, so no big deal. It was like, hey, we can, we can come down here until maybe a timeout, and then we can go over to our seats. So the usher, I think, saw this happen. And so he came down to me, and he said, I need to see your tickets. And I was like, are you kidding? From four rows from the very top of the arena, and you need to see my ticket? Just said, hey, um, we're not in these seats. Kind of explained, we're sitting here with our cousins and uh, said we're happy to go sit in our much better seats over a couple sections, which we did. So never have I ever been asked to show my tickets and almost booted out of the arena that close to the top. Quality stuff. But Landon, as you always say, right, it's a different clientele up in the upper bowl. These ushers are just keeping things in line, uh, which was totally fine. But hilarious. Jazz get the W, which was good. See them get back in their winning ways, but... Uh, Quite funny to think we were almost thrown out for sitting in worse seats. So that was our jazz experience. Gotta love it, baby, as Hot Rod would say. 
It reminded me, though, this was the, the last time I had a little exchange in the cheap seats was, I want to say it was 2001, 2002. Uh, Cougar Stadium, this uh, I think was before Lavelle Edwards Stadium, uh, was there with uh, cheering on the road team, my Utah State Aggies. Uh, and uh, this is the year I think we, I think BYU ended up winning, but Utah State p- playing very well in the first half, had a big lead. And was there with a couple of friends, a roommate. It's kind of funny. As I look back on, on this experience and think about who my roommates were, think about who my friends were. So Erica was there, and she had a cowbell, an Aggie bell, and she was ringing it. One of the BYU fans was not, young man, was not very pleased. He grabbed the cowbell and threw it over the side of the stadium. And so an usher came up um, and basically booted this guy for, for, uh, for doing that. As I mentioned, Erica is now a licensed clinical psychologist. Uh, Matt, who was a roommate uh, and was there as well, uh, he's currently an attorney. Um, and I look at my other roommates too, and I think uh, Jeremy, or Jer as I call him, he's also an attorney. And then there's Nate, and Nate is a pediatrician. You've got to look this up. Nate was, no joke, on David Letterman's stupid human tricks. You want to see how we got the ladies back, uh, back in Logan, back in the day. Look up. David Letterman, stupid human tricks, guy sticks a fork up his nose, and uh, you got to go, you got to check out the video. Uh, Good good stuff. Kind of fun to think back to that experience and how we've all kind of, you know, gone our our separate ways and on to very successful careers. Um, But that was the last uh, major exchange uh, that I had at a sporting event uh, there down at uh, Cougar Stadium. So, Okay, Landon, you ready to get into the mailbag? I am super excited for this. Uh, we've got actual mail from actual listeners. So let's open up the mailbag. Uh, question number one comes from Bruce in Syracuse, Utah. Bruce asks, what do you think about James Harden and Russell Westbrook's style of play? Do you think it's ruining the game? Is there innovating style Good for the game or not? Really good question, Bruce. And if you caught episode 48, you, you heard a bit of a little, uh, a little exchange between me and co-host Tyler where I defend Mike D'Antoni as a great coach. And I actually predicted that the Houston Rockets are going to make a run. Uh, I, I really do. I think Houston is going to have it dialed in with, with uh, Harden, with Westbrook. I think they're going to just light it up uh, from beyond the arc. And from an offensive standpoint, I really think they're going to make a run in the NBA Finals. So the question, though, is their style of play ruining the game? You know, ugly or not, I guess the problem I have is their whole falling down on a a three-point shot trying to draw the foul. I think that's kind of obnoxious. I don't know if it's ruining the game. Maybe it is. Uh, We talked about this uh, with with a guest host, Sam Preswich, who's a referee. We asked him some questions. And the, the long answer to this, it, it kind of reminds me a little bit of, of an idea that Malcolm Gladwell tackled in his book, David and Goliath. Uh, excellent book about underdogs, if you haven't read it. There was a girls' basketball team coached by, I'll slaughter his name here, Vivek uh, Ranadiv, something like that. Uh, I can't remember where he's from. He was not from the United States. But he was puzzled why a team would only cover 20 to 30 feet of the court and concede the other 70-some-odd feet. And he thought, why? Why would you give your opponent that kind of flexibility? And so his team, when he started coaching, was not very good. 
and trying to uh, even the playing field, so to speak, he devised a strategy to cover 100% of the court. And you guessed it, so he brought on the full court press full time. People hated him. People thought he was ruining the game. Um, and they booed him. They, they tried to kick him out. They tried to say he was breaking the rules and all of these things. And really all he was trying to do was to be competitive. He knew his team was not going to be able to play um, and keep up with those that he was playing. And so he devised a plan to, uh, to make the game more interesting. And that it did. He, he, his teams went on to be very, very good because they focused on little things that even the playing field. Now, this has nothing to do with the Houston Rockets in terms of their strategy. Um, but I would just say this. Every team in every era, you find people trying to do different things, whether it's the three-point shot, whether it's pound it down low, whether it's the hack-a-shack. I mean, people are always trying, even the New England Patriots, right, or the Houston Astros, they're taking it a step further and even cheating. Every team is going to try to be as competitive as possible and to use their competitive advantage to win. And so um, I don't think Houston's game is ruining the game. I think it's a different style. I think D'Antoni is kind of a unique coach. Um, but I guess the best way to stop it is to beat it, um, right? That, that's kind of thinking there. Question number two. This is from Brandon from Utah County. Brandon says, I'm not a Mike Conley fan and have been dying on my heel all season long with his underperformance. And now with rumors of him ruining the locker room and not making it appealing for others to, other stars to come to Utah, do I buy his shoes? I love the new Jordan 34 infrareds that are coming out, but Conley has been wearing them a lot. I'm torn. Uh, really good question, Brandon from Utah County. Uh, I say buy them. Um, yes, I think Mike Conley has been underperforming. I think that is a true statement, and I think Jazz fans had much higher expectations. I might be the lone one here where I think he's going to figure it out. I don't know that he's going to play his dominant style that he did when he was with uh, the Memphis Grizzlies, but I do think the Jazz are going to figure out him in the rotation. Um, I say if you like the shoes, and uh, I'm looking them up here uh, as we speak, they are pretty cool. Uh, these nice red and black shoes, Jordan on the on the toe, I say go for it. And, uh, you know, people may not know whose shoes they are either. I mean, I, I think they're more impressive shoes than who wore them. I mean, obviously people are going to know Steph's or they're going to know Michael Jordan's shoes or whatever, KD's maybe. Um, but I, I don't think people are going to know whose who shoes these are and that they're worn by Mike Conley. So I think you're totally fine. Question number three comes to us from Walter in Saratoga Springs. Walter asks... Dude, would love to hear your take on Spike Lee and the New York Knicks. Who do you side with? Really good question. Spike Lee and the New York Knicks. Who do I side with? There's an obvious answer here. But if anybody is willing to pay to see the Knicks play, why in the world would you alienate them? Spike Lee, if you think about it, has been the face of that franchise for I don't know how many years. Who's been bigger? I would argue Patrick Ewing. But outside of Patrick Ewing, Really, when you think of the New York Knicks, you think of Spike Lee. So why on earth would James Dolan, the owner and the CEO of the Madison Square Garden Company, why, why would you go after Spike Lee? I'll admit I'm not a huge Spike Lee guy, not a big fan, but why in the world would he go after him like this? Just for simply using the VIP or the employee entrance? you got to be kidding me. And this comes a couple years after uh, Charles Oakley was basically banned from the arena. 
here's what I do. Spike, if you're listening, I would go cross town. I'd go sit down front row of the Brooklyn Nets. I think that would be hilarious. And I think obviously it would get on all the tabloids there in New York and across the sports uh, landscape would totally do this. And I think this might force James Dolan into actually making some good basketball decisions. It's well documented on this podcast that I believe if the New York Knicks could actually run a franchise and make not even like really good decisions, but okay, decent decisions. I believe that LeBron James would have gone there. I believe that KD, Kevin Durant, likely would have signed with New York instead of Brooklyn. I personally believe, and this is something that I worry about, and Chris and I have had a conversation about this. We're going to talk about next week on the episode. I worry that Donovan Mitchell wants to play in New York City, and I believe it will be the team that he plays with after the Jazz. I think he's going to re-up with the Jazz. I think they'll give him a crazy monster offer. But I do believe that at some point, Donovan Mitchell will suit up and will play in Madison Square Garden. So I don't know if that answers the question, but clearly, side with Spike Lee, um, New York Knicks are a dumpster fire. And uh, why in the world you would treat your fans, your number one fan like that, is beyond me. So, Landon, how would we do? I think we answered uh, three questions here. That Should we call that good? Again, send in your questions. Find us on Twitter, guys on sideline, or put the comments uh, here on the podcast, and we will answer your question live and on the air. I guess it's not live, but Laker fan Ryan, submit your question. Who else? Mac, you got a question for us? Matt, John, Sam? Anyway, we should have lots of questions, so we should have a lot of fun. Thank you for joining on the solo pod today. I hope this was okay. We talked a little Texas. We talked a little jazz. We went into the mailbag, and we had a lot of fun doing it. So, Landon, I think we're done for today. Let's wrap this show up. Uh, Aaron, get this down to the archives. Broadcast excellence right here. Uh, Catch us next week when we'll be back in the booth with Chris. We'll be talking March Madness and we'll get into our Donovan Mitchell conversation. So everybody stay safe out there. Remember to sanitize those hands. This is Jeff for the guys on the sidelines saying bye-bye. The opinions and predictions on this podcast are right 98.3% of the time. <laughs>